Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Never, never, never. Listen, I'm trying to help you. I'm your pastor and your friend. Never, 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 no, not ever in your life pray for God to humble you. Because when you pray God humble you, beware, Will Robinson, beware. I am telling you, because if God has to humble you, that means trials are coming your way. Now raise your hand if you enjoy trials. Okay, because if the hand goes up, I'm going to get my doctor to give you some meds. Okay, something's wrong. If God has to humble you, that means trials come your way. No, and not only that, but the Bible doesn't tell us that we are to pray that God humbles us. The Bible says that you are to humble yourself. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what he does is he lifts you up or he will exalt you at the right time. Somebody clap your hands and say amen, pastor. Never ask, never, never, never ask God to humble you. Jesus was humble, and so we should be humble. Did you hear about the pastor who was voted the most humble pastor in America? The congregation gave him a medal that read, to the most humble pastor in America, and then they had to take it from him the next Sunday because he wore it to church. (laughs) Copies available after service. And uh, Jesus wants us to be humble as he was humble. And you know, I've heard you, you've heard me say, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those who think too much of themselves, and there are those who don't think enough of themselves. I think of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, a man shouldn't think more highly of himself than he ought to, but to think what, saints? Soberly. Are we reading the same stuff on the screen? Because two people answer, all right? But to think what? Soberly, as God has given each one what? A measure of faith. To think soberly, write this down, means to make a sensible appraisal of oneself. To make a sensible appraisal of oneself. Someone once said the problem with humility is when you realize you have it, you just lost it. (laughs) Isn't that true? As soon as you think, I sure am humble, you ain't. Two kinds of people in the world. Those who think too much of themselves. They don't think soberly. They think too much of themselves. They think they're a legend in their own mind. Y'all know people like that. I know people like that. They think they all that in a bag of chips. They think they're hot when they're not. You already know I was a rapper, did you? I've been working on this. This is my secret, secret gifting. 
They think they're hot, but they're not. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. They're a legend in their own mind. They think too much of themselves. And then there are those who don't think enough of themselves. Oftentimes, that's false humility. Well, I'm so humble. I'm so low. You know, I live in a gloomy place. God can't use me. I don't know anything. I'm so low. Listen, don't think too highly of yourself and don't think too lowly of yourself. Have a sensible estimation or appraisal of oneself. Now, foot washing. Jesus is washing feet. People over the years, let me have your attention, have asked me, uh, not so much in the last couple of years, but maybe before that, have asked me, why don't we have foot washings here at Calvary Chapel? Um, if you've been to a church where they have foot washing, I want you to raise your hand. Will you do that? Okay. That's a, that's a good number of y'all. I, you too? I, I've never been to a foot washing. Now, I went to a church uh, years ago when I first got saved. I went to a church, and it was a Pentecostal church. And um, let me tell you something. Y'all talking, about, y'all talking about the spirit moving. We swing from the ceiling. I mean, I've seen people grab a hold of a chandelier, swinging, going like, like, like Jordan the Jungle. Because <laughs> swinging from chandelier, I mean, I'm talking, we used to have a good time. Church was fun. And uh, now I can't tell you, I learned a lot about the Bible, but we had fun. Okay, y'all tell the truth. Raise your hand. You know it. So we had a good time. I'll never forget this one time. I asked my wife in first service, like, y'all, everybody's in here, and she's sitting back there. I had me here and having a conversation. I said, honey, remember that time we, we went, uh, the pastor, I think I told you about this time, where the pastor said, you know, we are going to believe God, for, I forgot what it was for, but we're going to believe God, and so we're going to run around this church seven times, like the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho seven times, and when you get around on the seventh time, I want you to shout. Just like the children of Israel, they shouted, you know. So he says, well, everybody get up, man. Can y'all imagine me getting y'all up and you know, everybody running around this church sometimes? All right. Am I, y'all been in church? Oh, you know. I just want y'all to know I got witnesses in here. I know I'm not lying, all right? And so he said, all right, everybody get up and start running around the church. So we run around the church. I'm like, "Woo! Yes. Yes. Hey, Woo, about one, two, three, four, Woo. He said, about the time we got about seven, we got around seven, I was like, whew. He said, now everybody shout. I said, I can't, I'm out of breath. He said, shout. I was like, oh, man, I can't, I'm out of breath. We, I mean, we, it was very, very, very Pentecostal. Well, the same church, they had foot washing service. I will never forget the night they said they were going to have foot washing service. And my wife said, well, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm going to foot washing service. I said, well, I ain't going. <laughs> she said, you ain't going to foot washing service? I said, no, I ain't washing nobody's feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to you. I said, no, 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 I don't do that. No, no. <laughs> Not gonna do it, wouldn't be prudent. So, so they have foot washing service, and 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 and, and you know, you guys been to churches that have foot washing service, and, and I, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, 
Um, you know, some people have asked me, why don't we have foot washing service? And I would say, number one, because it's gross. <laughs> Amen, saints. New people, I'm not this crazy, really. I, I'm a little off today, but I'm not this nut. So come back next week. I'll be a little more sober-minded. And, uh, but, um, and also, think about it. I mean, come, just think it through. Think it through with me for a minute. Okay, just think it through. If I were to announce to the church that we're going to have, next week we're going to have a foot washing service, and, and, and what's the first thing people would do? Go home and scrub their toes. Right? You would. And if that be the case, that would defeat the purpose. Defeat the purpose? I worked on that all. I worked on that all week. Y'all better laugh. Defeat. I thought that was great. I, I love that part. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting all day to get to that just to tell y'all that. Jesus washed feet. It was from walking in the dirt. So if you get a pedicure before you come to church for the foot washing service, you really do defeat the purpose. Because the point is, is that they came in from mud and dirt and walking in dirty streets because they didn't have sidewalks and runway running bike paths and all of these kind of things. So their feet were dirty and they were always dirty. That's why every Jewish home had a water pot and a slave in it so that when you came in, they would wash your feet. So the reason we don't have foot washing services is because washing feet, listen, Washing feet isn't the point of John chapter 13. Say a better amen than that. Jesus is giving us an example. And if you need to write this down, please do. Jesus is giving us an example of humility and service and love. That's the point of John chapter 13. It's not a mandate for the church to practice until he comes. Now, then the question arises, how do we know when something is a practice of the church and doctrine or not? How do we know? Well, listen, there's a rule that you can follow to know what we as a church should practice and what should be doctrine. And here it is. Listen, number one, if it was spoken of or about by Jesus. Number two, if it is commanded in the Gospels. Number three, if it was practiced in the book of Acts. And number four, if it is expounded in the epistles. It was spoken By Jesus, commanded in the Gospels, practiced in the book of Acts, expounded on in the epistles. When we meet those four criteria, that means that that is something that we as a church ought to be doing today. For example, take baptism, for example, and don't forget to sign up after church today. Baptism. It was spoken about by Jesus, commanded in the Gospels, practiced in the book of Acts, and expounded in the epistles. Take the Lord's Supper, for example, spoken, about, spoken of about Jesus, by Jesus, commanded in the Gospels, practiced in the book of Acts, expounded on in the epistles. These four things determine doctrine and practice. And think about it. There's no record of foot washings in the book of Acts, and Paul doesn't mention it in the epistles. Now look at verse 6. It's time for Jesus to wash the feet of Peter. And Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? Verse seven, Jesus said, you don't understand now, but you will later. Jesus says, Pete, you're protesting now because you're ignorant. 
Someday you're going to realize that I came into the world not to be ministered to, but to minister. Peter, it's all a part of the plan. I must humble myself. I must become a servant. This washing of your feet and my death on the cross are all a part of the humiliation. This is all a part of the plan. Peter, you have to accept my humiliation. Jesus would say, Peter, accept it here. And it's going to be easier for you when you see me on the cross. Peter, after my death and resurrection, you will fully understand. And listen, let me tell you, are y'all still with me? He did fully understand because he wrote about it. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And likewise, gird yourself. He's probably thinking when Jesus girded himself, gird yourself with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. No doubt when Peter was writing his epistle, he was thinking of this scene. In verse 8, Peter said, look at verse 8. Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Now in the Greek language, listen, this is the strongest form of negation. The strongest form of negation. In Greek it reads, no, never, ever, eternally will you wash my feet. I'm sure Peter pulled back his feet. He can't take it. And Peter's thinking, I can't allow this. This is too much. Peter was probably embarrassed that they didn't do it. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And in verse 9, Peter said, well, since you put it like that, I'll take a bath. Not my feet only, but my hands and my head. So typical of Peter, isn't it? From one extreme to the other. No, not ever to wash every part. Verse 10, Jesus said, you don't understand. He who is bathed, look at verse 10. If you're looking at verse 10, say, I'm looking at it. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed, circle that, underline it, needs only to wash or bathe his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. Now listen, there are two different Greek words for bathed or washed in this text. The first one speaks of full immersion. The Jews would call that a mikvah, a mikvah. If you go to Israel with us, I encourage you to go with us. I'll take you to a mikvah and I'll show you the mikvahs at the southern portion of the Temple Mount where the priests would completely fully immerse themselves in water and take a bath get out of that water and then put on clean clothes and then ascend the southern steps of the temple into the sanctuary to perform their duties. So the first he that is bathed is a mikvah. It's full immersion. The other speaks of washing certain body parts like the hands. There's actually two different Greek words. I won't give you that, but it's just two different Greek words. The other is speaks of washing certain body parts like the hands or the feet. In Jesus' day, a man would take a bath in the morning, get himself nice and clean for the whole day. And as he went through the day, and every time he arrived at a house, he didn't have to take a bath all over again. He just needed to wash his feet. His body was clean from the bath. Y'all getting this? His body was clean from the bath, just needed to get the dust off the feet. Now stay with me. This is loaded. Jesus is saying, once you have been cleansed, once you have been bathed by the word and the blood of Jesus, you're clean. All God has to do now is get the dust off. And he has to daily get the dust off. Now write this down, saints. Very important. 
This is the distinction, and this is Christianity 101. Basic. You need to know this. This is the distinction between position in Christ and practice in Christ. Position in Christ and practice in Christ. Positionally, we are clean. We are saved, sanctified, justified, currently glorified, and someday we will be glorified when we're in the kingdom of God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. We will be glorified. Positionally, this is your position as a believer, but practically, as you walk through the world and hang out with your unsaved friends sometime and just out and about in the world, driving on the 440 during rush hour, you get in the flesh, follow them home. Somebody cuts you off, you follow them home. They pull up in their driveway, you pull up behind them. Hey, man, you cut me off 15 miles ago. Well, now you're in the flesh, you flesh monster. Well, now you're in the flesh. Well, now you need to bathe, but that's the daily thing. That's, that's just you need to get the dust off. So we're washed and we're clean by the blood of a lamb from top to bottom, but in our daily lives, we get defiled and tainted by the world. So daily, some of y'all hourly. Nobody here, I know that. I'm just talking about, it was second service that people were hourly. Some of y'all, we need to be washed off and get the dust off. It's the daily walk with the Lord that needs maintenance. Every day you live by the grace of God, he gets the dirt off that you gather by walking in the world. And Jesus says, Peter, you don't need a bath. You're a believer. You need daily maintenance and daily cleansing. And not only do we need daily maintenance, look at me, please. Not only do we need daily maintenance and daily cleansing, but we also need daily refreshing and daily refilling. Am I right about it? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. And yes, I do understand that when you become a Christian, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, look it up in your own time. It tells us that be ye being filled by the Holy Spirit. So we need to go before God every day and say, Lord, fill us with your spirit. It's like, it's like a refill. You know, like when you get a refill, you're in a restaurant and you say, hey, can I have a refill? You already got one fill, but now you want a refill, right? So you can stay at the top, I think, right? But you want to refill. We need to be filled every day by the Holy Spirit. Being a spirit-filled Christian is not a title. It's a condition. Somebody once asked D.L. Moody, if you are a spirit-filled Christian, then why are you always asking God to fill you again? And he said, because I leak. Don't you love that? Because I leak. We do leak. We leak daily. We leak when we're on the 440 and somebody cut us off and we go. Cut me off. Or you catch up to them, drive by them. You know how you do Somebody cut you off and they do something stupid on the freeway. And then I like to try to catch up to them. <laughs> and then drive by and give them like a mean mug. You know what I mean? Like a. I look at him like this here. <laughs> then I got to go get dusted off, right? <laughs> right, right? Then you got to go get dusted off. So the end of verse 10, it says, you are clean, but not all. Now, Jesus is speaking of Judas. 
And why would Jesus say out loud to the disciples, everybody is clean except Judas? I believe this is the last loving call for Judas. Jesus was hoping that he might prick his heart and that he wouldn't do what he was going to do. And that's why Jesus washed Judas also to say, Judas, I love you. Don't do it. And he went ahead and did what he was going to do. Fast forward, look at verse 27 in this same chapter. In verse 27, we learn that Satan got inside of him and entered him. Can you imagine what's going through the heart of Judas as Jesus washes his feet? Imagine what's going through the heart of Jesus. He loved them to the very end. He showed them the greatest act of humility and love. He washed their feet, even Judas, and knowing that his feet would never be clean again. And the last thing Judas would remember is the one he betrayed washed his feet. Jesus knows actions speak louder than words. And so he wanted to teach the proud about humility. He didn't say it. He showed it. Jesus rose from supper, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus rose from his throne in heaven, a place of rest and comfort. He laid aside his garments, taking off his covering. He laid aside his glory, taking off his heavenly covering. Jesus took a towel and girded himself, being ready to work. Jesus took a form, took the form of a servant and came ready to work. Jesus poured water into a basin, ready to clean. Jesus poured out his blood to cleanse us from the penalty of sin. Jesus sat down. John 13, 12, we'll look at it next time. After washing their feet, Jesus sat down at the right hand of God the Father after cleansing us. Jesus shows us here in John 13 what is real love. And he wants us to learn as we move forward. I love this chapter. Y'all still with me? Because this chapter is going to teach us about loving one another. If, if there's anything I could say the church is in desperate, dire need of, and that is love for one another. We really do a bad job at that. The world accepts themselves. You can go to the club, which I don't go to. Let me go on record and say that. Say amen. Y'all wouldn't want a pastor hanging out in the club. In the club. Right? But when you go to, they go to the club, everybody's like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's party, everybody party, everybody do things, I guess. But you come to church, and people look at you and, you know, what you wearing, who, who you be, who are you. We don't do a really good job at loving each other. And I can tell you this here, though, although in this church, I'm proud to be a pastor because I hear this all the time. People tell me, um, hey, it was my first time here and people are so nice and people are so warm and people are so loving. And that really blesses me because that's what we're supposed to be. If we're going to talk about how much we are like Jesus, and I'm coming in for a land. I know y'all want to go get your chicken sandwich. I'm coming in. But we talk about how much we want to be like Jesus and we want to, you know, do what Jesus wants us to do. And what would Jesus do and all of these kind of things? Well, Jesus would love other people and accept them for where they are and who they are. 
And if they come in and they don't look the way we think they ought to look, or maybe the dress is too tight and looks inappropriate, hey, you love them anyway. You give them a hug anyway. Because how do you know? Maybe that's the only dress they have. How do you know? Maybe they did just come from the club because the Lord put it on their heart to go to church. How do you know? You don't know. So we need to love people where they at. Am I right about it? Stand on your feet. I want you to keep your Bible open and stand on your feet and look at verse 34 and 35 with me and then I'll let you go, okay? Look at verse 34 and 35. And I want you to read it out loud with me and I want you to, and I want you to read it like you mean it. Verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. You see, by this, by loving each other, the world's going to know that we are God's disciples. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.